the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Good afternoon. It's 106 on this Friday. Remember, you can uh, always reach me at the website, which is depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Folks, this portion of the John DePetro Show is brought to you by J.K.L. Engineering. As we're shifting now from, uh, we're in spring, and then soon it'll be summer, called J.K.L. As far as Central Air is a game changer for your home or for your business, call J.K.L. Engineering today. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, wherever you can hear my voice, on either AM 1380 or 99.9 FM, or maybe you're listening online at the website, which is petro.com. You just click listen live. Call J.K.L. Engineering today, 401-351-7600, 401-351-7600, J.K.L. Engineering. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available Call J.K.L. Engineering, 401-351-7600. If you're listening right now and you're in Bellingham or you're in Franklin or maybe you are in Attleboro, call J.K.L. 401-351-7600. J.K.L. Engineering, they do it right. They do it right the first time. Technical expertise is second to none. You can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. And remember, Central Air is just a game changer for your home. How about it's always, you know, 70 degrees or 68 degrees in your home or business called JKL right now. Estimates are free. Financing is available. And the highest rebates on the market, 401-351-7600. Now, I mentioned earlier, boy, a lot of excitement. In Massachusetts earlier, they had a press briefing. Someone stole a police cruiser, and then police were able to uh, shoot and kill him. Let's hear, and uh, they just just a short time ago wrapped up a press briefing on it. The other, the other person I think that may have a word to say, um, I do have with me um, a, a number of people who have been active all morning, including the deputy superintendent, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Scott Wormington, and he will probably be the spokesperson for the state police. The Colonel actually has been burning the phone wires up and I've been in touch with us all morning. Um, I have uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jack Morn from DIS was here, Lieutenant Colonel uh, James Hanlon from Field Services, and Major David Gallagher, State Police. I also have uh, my own local police department, Chief Paul Keenan here, and uh, his administrative staff, uh, Captain Dugan and Captain Steele, are with us also. Um, and then last but not least, uh, uh, Detective Lieutenant Jerry Metaliano, who works directly with us in the Norfolk County District Attorney's Office. So what I can tell you is, um, yeah, well, I was trying to give you my best side, so I thought so. All right, so uh, I, I would tell you that at approximately 7 o'clock, a 36-year-old white male entered a Rockland 7-Eleven armed with a reported handgun with, a, with an intent to rob the, the uh, premises, and he made off with an undetermined amount of cash. Uh, Rockland police were notified. They immediately began a search and a chase, both on foot and in an auto, to try to apprehend the suspect. The suspect was able to to enter a Rockland police cruiser, and he fled the scene to his Weymouth and Abington and made his way onto Route 18. Now, during that chase, the suspect struck a number of police cruisers of local departments. Shortly after 7 o'clock, the state police were notified and identified a vehicle on Route 3 North, they joined the pursuit. The suspect in the Rockland police vehicle entered the Bergen Parkway exit at the ramp at 7.22 a.m. and came to a stop on the ramp near the train station entering Quincy. The state police arrived, including the state police beer cat, which fortuitously happened to be in the area at the time. The local police and other departments that had joined were also there at the ramp and the beer cat was able to come up next to the vehicle and try to engage the individual uh, in an attempt to um, to stop the chase and to apprehend him and check the check on the suspect's well-being. After one hour, it appears that the suspect was able to start the vehicle and he headed down Bergen Parkway. The police had employed stop sticks on Bergen Parkway and brought help bring the car to a slow stop right near BJ's gas station, which a number of you have seen. 
the, uh, the beer cat was used to bring the car to a stop. And when, when that was, and you saw the evidence of the collision with the beer cat, the Quincy Police beer cat then came upon the scene and they penned the vehicle in at that time. The suspect was still in the car. Now, negotiations continued again, this time with a, uh, the trained state police negotiation team who had also arrived on the scene at that time. The local police assets, including the state police stop team, were deployed during this negotiation process. During the verbal negotiations, the police observed the suspect in control of a police patrol rifle. Despite the numerous requests to surrender, the suspect started to come out of the passenger door armed with a patrol rifle. The state police stop team member discharged his weapon and shot the suspect. The state police stop team medics were also on scene at that time and they rendered immediate medical assistance to the suspect as well as ambulance services were provided by Brewster Ambulance, the carrier here in the city. They were also on scene and the suspect was transported immediately to the Boston Medical Center where he was pronounced dead at 10.15 a.m. Um, we take some brief comments, but we still have a lot of work to do, so we may not be able to answer all your questions. Yeah, so. and this suspect, can you name the suspect? Are you we, 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 uh, we have not had the opportunity to notify the family. We know who he is, and uh, right now I'm just prepared to tell you he's 36 year old and he's a white male. Did he point that weapon at state police when he got on that, on I, that cruiser? I, I'm, not, I'm not going to, uh, to get into that, that, that uh, at this time. There's still gathering statements and doing work. That's what, uh, what I know, and that's what I have been told, and they're going to continue to gather more information. Do you see anything here that says that the whoever uh, was involved in this police-involved shooting did not act the way that he or she is trained? Uh, it's, let me start again. It is, it is unfortunate that anybody gets shot by anyone, and, and uh, the last thing that I think a police officer wants to do is to be involved in a police-related shooting. And so, you know, their job is to keep all of us safe, and those people, I think they tried to clear people out of the area. They're faced with an armed suspect. They have decisions to make, and those decisions will be reviewed over the next few days. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, How did he get a hold of a the, uh, How was he able to leave the, the first stop scene of the off-ramp of the Virgin Parkway? They were negotiating with him there. Well, I, again, um, I, I will tell you just a little bit of it because we're still putting it together. You know, it appears the vehicle uh, may may have um, come to a stop. I don't know whether it's mechanical or not, but they had tried to convince him numerous times, uh, and they had the beer cat at that time to to go up just to make sure they you know they were concerned of obviously being shot themselves. So they were able to use the beer cat, and and uh, after an hour, he was able to obviously get the vehicle started again. And they were prepared for that. It appears they used the stop sticks on Bergen Parkway, and they had again additional assets in place. And they were able to bring him to a stop right by the BJ's gas station on Bergen Parkway. How did he manage to get a hold of a marked police cruiser? I, I, all I can tell you at this time um, is that, that uh, they had a, a pretty active both foot and, and uh, vehicle pursuit in, in Rockland, and we're putting those pieces together now. Can you break into the cruiser with the cruiser left alive? I, I can't answer that. How about it? How were you negotiating with them? Uh, were the police scanner? The no, no, I, I, I let the, uh, 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 the deputy superintendent speak a little, but I'm, I'm told... You know, two, you have two different sites, over an hour, two different sites. So they had the professional team in the second one. But I may ask the, the, uh, the deputy superintendent to talk about the negotiation. I'm sorry, could you ask a question? I'm curious is how were you negotiating with him? The communication with the or how were they? The cat, if you saw the scene, they were, they were, one was right in front of it, the one was right behind it. We were in close proximity. They were able to speak to the uh, suspect, right, uh, verbally. What was the suspect saying? saying? Yeah. So we can't get into that. Can you just give us a sense of how you're trying to disarm him and try to get him to comply and give up? Can you give us a sense of how that conversation went? We, we can't comment on that at this time. I'm sorry? Again, we can't answer a lot of these questions. I, I don't... Um, and we don't have all the answers this time. I mean, that will probably be asked during the, during the uh, ongoing investigation. What I can tell you is that the police did become aware that he had gained possession of a patrol rifle. That was quite evident to them during the negotiations. And when he attempted to exit the vehicle, he had the, uh, the weapon in hand. At any time, was he threatening to take his own life? Uh, again, um, I'm not going to get into the ongoing discussions for the negotiators. Yeah, can we talk a little bit about what started this whole thing down in Rockland? Uh, it was uh, an armed robbery, is that right? Well, it's purported armed robbery. And, and, um, and then uh, according to what information I have, there's an undetermined amount of cash taken. So that will also be part of the investigation, but I believe that set off the chain of events. That started, so he ran away out of the convenience store? Both ran on, on foot, and then uh, the, I understand that Rockland used both 
you know, foot chase and vehicles to try to contain the suspect, and he was able to get a vehicle. That's really all I have to say at this time on, on that part of it. Abington, a police officer is injured. Is that because they, were those cruisers surrounding him trying to get him to stop? Well, I, I, on the chase, I'm told, I don't have the total number, but I know that um, various local departments were involved in the chase from Rockton up into Route 18, so you had Abington and Weymouth Police at a minimum, as well as the Rockton Police, and I told that he struck both Abington and, and uh, Weymouth vehicles. I can't give you the number at this time, the gathering that information. And was there an officer in the It's uh, difficult to hear. Are there any other officers here? Again, they, um, I, I told, I, I know that there was no one here in the city of Quincy that was injured, which we are thankful for. And I know that, that uh, it appears that one of the, the crashes may be a little bit more serious. I'm hopeful no one is injured, but they're collecting that information now. Was there a kill switch in the police cruiser? Was that? Was there a kill switch in the police cruiser? Again, I, I can't answer that. Was there, one more. Was there another uh, firearm found when he allegedly used uh, start, the start again, obviously, we're, we're starting with the premise, and I'm sure, as you can imagine, there'll be some evidence that will be gathered that, that uh, the information provided initially to the police was an apparent armed robbery. So they will be gathering evidence where they can. Thank you all. Folks, again, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro. What a wild situation. Holy cow. What started off as seemingly a robbery, as you heard, at a 7-Eleven. Then they get out of the cruiser and they're chasing the guy. Goes into a 7-Eleven with a handgun. Then they're chasing him. And then as they get out of the cars on foot to chase him, the suspect, he ends up leaping in one of the police cars. He takes off. And then he's ramming the cars. You just heard that just wrapped up. Wow. Holy cow. A lot of action for Friday. That reminds me of the movie um, that took place, The Town, where, you know, John Hamm from Mad Men is the FBI guy who's then questioning Ben Affleck and and uh, the other, you know, he's, well, questioning Ben Affleck and says, you know, you guys just didn't try to roll a star market in Malden for a box of quarters. No, you guys decide to knock to uh to bang it out with assault rifles in the north end at nine AM on a Friday morning on a morning. I mean that was what a wild scene. Now there's also um some other news and I want to get to folks and again good afternoon at one eighteen. Here I am it is one it's John DePietro on AM 1380 and also 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. This portion of our program, if you are ever in an accident, pick up the phone. Did someone hit your car? Call West Fountain Auto Body. Whether it's a small dent, you know, those cruisers that were getting banged up with the uh, shootout, they need to bring them to West Fountain Auto Body. 401 272 3340. Two seven two thirty three forty West Fountain Auto Body. They were period located four hundred West Fountain Street in Providence. It's West Fountain Auto Body four zero one two seven two thirty three forty West Fountain Auto Body. So Pete Ducey was uh, questioning Jen Saki at the White House press briefing. Now, as as some of you may or may not have followed yesterday, so they did not call on the Fox reporter. Now, I'll just say this: I think a little. This is. A little bit too much is being made of this. A little bit too much. And I like Peter Ducey. He's a good reporter. Seems like a good, good guy. His dad does a, does a good job. Um, I like him. White House correspondent for Fox News. But I, I think a little bit too much is being made of this whole thing that he wasn't called on yesterday. He has been called. He gets access to the White House. He has spoken with President Biden. Yesterday, they decided not to. I mean, you know, it went for an hour. I'm not I'm not defending that. I just think they're making a little bit too much about the whole thing. But this is um, yesterday. So this is just a short time ago. Jen Psaki, who's the White House press secretary, going back and forth with Pete Ducey from who's the White House correspondent for Fox News. Is the only member of the five network TV pool that has never been on the list in front of the president. And I'm just curious if that is kind of 
official administration policy. We're here having a conversation, aren't we? Yes. And do I take questions from you every time you come to the briefing room? Yes. But Has I'm the president taken president. questions from you since you came in? Yes. You, he came into office. Yes. Yes or no? Only when I have shouted after he goes through his whole list. And the president has been very generous with his time with Fox. I'm just curious about this list that he has given. So the only member of the five network pool never on it dating back to when he resumed in person events in Wilmington during the end of the campaign. Well, I would say that I'm always happy to have this conversation with you, even about your awesome socks you're having on today, you wearing today, and have a conversation with you, even when we disagree. The president's taking your questions, and I'm looking forward to doing Fox News Sunday this Sunday for the third time in the last few months. I think I think um I understand they may be a little frustrated, but I, I think it was this whole business of we don't get to ask him any question. You have access. They have access. I don't have the access they want. He didn't get to ask a question yesterday. Listen, I mean, but it was even, and I like Fox. I watch Fox. I find it impossible to watch the other ones, but they make it clear. They make it clear. He's got an access. It's not like he's not there. And they sit him right near the front. I think a little bit too much is being made of it. Yes, he could have. But let me hear a little bit of that again. Has the president taken questions from you since you came in since yes. he came into office? Yes or no? Only when I shouted after he goes through his whole list. And the president has been very generous with his time with Fox. I'm just curious about this list that he has given. Only member of the five network pool, never on it, dating back to when he resumed in-person events. All right, I, I can um, I can see it. I, I'm more concerned about, this is a short time ago, the White House talking about, they're saying it's new voter suppression law. I call it their cleaning up in Georgia and trying to preserve democracy. Uh, Hold on, here we go. And then also, does he have a reaction to the Georgia state representative who was arrested overnight when knocking on the Georgia governor's door as he was signing that election law? I think anyone who saw that video uh, would have been uh, deeply concerned uh, by uh, the actions that were taken uh, by law enforcement to arrest her when she simply, by the video that was provided, uh, seemed to be knocking on the door to uh, to see if she could uh, watch a bill being signed into law. The, the larger, con- the largest concern here, obviously. Um, beyond her uh, being treated in the manner she was, which is, of course, of great concern, is the law that was put into place, which, again, the president will will have a statement from the president, uh, I expect, later this afternoon on. Uh, it should not be harder. It should be easier to vote. Uh, we should not l- put limitations in place. People should be able to vote from home. They should be able to use absentee ballots. Uh, there Wrong. should be a range of uh, restrictions that are Wrong. undone, not put back in place. And so uh, that's a great concern. One, he certainly shares uh, with the uh, with the elected official who was arrested. Does he plan to reach out to her? I don't have any calls oh, to preview God. for you. If, if he does, I, I will certainly uh, provide an update to all of you. Hey, listen, she was acting. That was like an insurrection. In case you didn't see it, folks. She started was knocking at the door. The governor's inside. He's signing it. And she's demanding. And they just, they wouldn't, they wouldn't let him, uh, they wouldn't let her in. They wouldn't let her into the governor's office. So, but let me get to, um, I want to also go back. This was Pete Ducey of Fox talking about this whole business regarding the Jim Crow era in the filibuster. Here we go. A couple follow-ups on yesterday. The president said he thinks the filibuster is a legacy of the Jim Crow era. Did he think that it was a legacy of the Jim Crow era in 2005 when he defended the filibuster and said altering Senate rules to help one political fight or another could become standard operating procedure, which in my view would be disastrous? Well, Peter, one of the things he talked about yesterday was the fact that between 1917 and 1971, the filibuster was used about 58 times. Last year, last year alone, uh, it was used five times that many. It's not being used for the intended purpose. It is being abused. And yes, there are scenarios as it, as it relates to voting rights where it is, uh, it is oppressing, it is, uh, it, is, it is allowing for systematic racism in the country. So that's the concern he was expressing. And a follow on that, there are some concerns on the right that if you ever the filibuster, it effectively means one party rule. So is that what the president was getting at when he was asked about 2024? And he said, I have no idea if there will be a Republican Party 
Well, that certainly wasn't what he was getting at. Given as part of his answer, he conveyed that his objective and his hope is to work with Republicans. He wants to get work done for the American people. He wants to put in place solutions, put people back to work, get the pandemic under control, make voting easier and more accessible. And it's really on Republicans in Congress to decide if they're going to be part of the solution or if they're going to be part of obstruction. So he's leaving it up to them to make the decision. Now, good afternoon. Right now, it's 126. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, good afternoon on this Friday. Um, I disagree with that. Why do we have to make voting so easy? I have a friend of mine that's always saying voting should be hard. Voting should be hard. What do you mean vote? Why Why should it be so easy? Why does it have to be so convinced? I, I would wait in line. If you told me every two years, every four years, whatever, you're going to have to wait two hours in line. But. The trade-off is you get to have a fear election. I would do it. It's worth it. Compared to this, where none of us have faith or confidence in our election results. Now, regarding that, Georgia State rep, who she was arrested trying to disrupt the Democratic process, which she was. The governor was signing new legislation into law. She decided, oh, I want to barge in. And the Capitol Police are like, no, you're not going into his office. No, I don't care what the law is. I want to go in. So they arrested her. I'm going to play you. There is someone who is filming it just so you have some context on this uh, Friday and listen to what it sounded like. Can we um, play that? Okay, this is where you're going to hear. Why does she have to step back? The governor is signing a bill that affects all Georgians. Why is he doing it in private and why is he trying to keep elected officials who are representing us out of the process? Exactly. She's an insurrectionist because she's interfering. That's what it sounded like, interfering with the process. Folks, joining us right now, now as you know, last week, people were very frustrated, uh, and we talked to him. Is our gun guy. It's our friend John Francis. Good afternoon, John Francis. Hi, John. How are you? Very well. John, take us. Uh, we spoke last Friday. The legislation was going to be heard. It's very difficult during this pandemic. Uh, what type of feedback are you getting from this, the uh, Second Amendment community? Uh, so um, all the uh, all the bills were held for further study. Good. Um, so well, that's only a temporary thing, uh, I'm afraid. Uh, so they'll be able to bring those bills up again in the committee for an up or down vote to send it to the speaker to schedule to be scheduled for a uh, uh, vote on the House floor. Um, so when they have that meeting, no more public input will be allowed. Um, so the, you know, we're not going to be able to testify anymore. So people need to continue to uh, email, call, and write the uh, judiciary members and urge them to vote no on those bad gun bills. Uh, and they also need to begin uh, doing the same thing with the Senate judiciary uh, because my guess is within the next, maybe even next week, they're going to announce hearings for their companion bills on that on that side. Wow. All right. Now let's get to the matter at hand. You have, uh, folks, again, we're speaking of John Francis Competition Shooting Supplies. You have uh, some nice inventory that I'm looking at right now on the Facebook page. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about it? Well, most of it's already gone. Oh, it is. All right. What about that (laughs) Robin's Egg Blue? What about the Glock 43 Robin's Egg Blue? That looks beautiful. It's a a custom Cerakote uh, Glock that one of my distributors uh, uh, got in. Wow. And so it's that uh, light blue frame with a uh, matte stainless slide. Um, Those are running $5.99, I believe. Okay. Um, I also got in. I do still have some 12-gauge defense shotguns. I know a lot of people have been looking for those, uh, so I have some semi-autos, 
I've got some pump action, uh, and they're affordable and, you know, around the $400 mark. Now, John Francis, how has things been affected with uh, Biden saying he wants to go after more gun legislation? Well, that's only added fuel to the fire. Yeah. So now I'm seeing, an even, uh, you know, um, and I'm sure the other stores are too, I'm getting more phone calls, more visits from first-time buyers who are seeing all of this, and now they're afraid they're not going to be able to have a choice as to what they can buy. Hmm. Now, what about those two uh, Glock 43 pistols, military style? Are they already gone? No, I, st- I still oh. do have those. Okay. What can you tell us about those? Uh, so, again, that was another distributor exclusive. Um, it's a custom Cerakote finish. Um, uh, they're the same price uh, as the blue, the Robin's Egg blue one. Yeah. Um, and those are consecutively numbered. So if there's, you know, a, a family out there that, you know, would like, you know, like a husband and wife or, you know, father and son, father and daughter, what have you, uh, here's a way to have consecutively numbered pistols, which I don't see very often. Yep. And uh, mention again uh, some of the rifles you got in because it's a beautiful selection on rifles. Uh, so I had gotten in, uh, I did get in some uh, uh, some AK rifles on consignment, which I still do have some. Great. Uh, I do have a brand new Sentry Arms uh, AK model as well. I did get some AR-15s, but they're already gone. Wow. Folks, again, we're speaking with John Francis, Competition Shooting Supplies, 435 Benefit Street, Pawtucket. Uh, John, what are your hours for today and also for tomorrow? Uh, today we're here 10 to 6 and tomorrow uh, 9 to 430. And before I let you go, mention again consignment because there are people listening. And folks, you may have some firearms in your possession you're not using. You could either sell them to John directly or sell them on consignment through the store. Yes, uh, and a number of your listeners uh, have uh, done that already. Uh, Great. Listening to our talks every week. Good. And so the way consignment works is if you have excess guns that you know you uh, you know would like to part with, uh, again, you're right. I can buy them outright, uh, or I can sell them on your behalf. Um, you set the price, and uh, we get we simply get fifteen percent of whatever the gun sells for. Great. Well, folks, again, stop in and see him. Competition Shooting Supplies, 435 Benefit Street, Pawtucket. John Francis, you are the leader, the defender of the faith. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. You too. All right, folks, there it is. John Francis, stop in and see him. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Now, right now, it's 133 on this Friday afternoon. So, uh, you know what else I just wanted to mention was, have you seen this situation with the ship, with the Suez Canal? Have you uh, seen that, folks, where that that ship that is stuck, that is going to create all these problems, that is, it's bigger? The ship that is stuck in the Suez Canal is larger than the Empire State Building. And it is, it's, it's going to be very difficult to move. All these ships are backed up. And as a result of that, there could be a worldwide toilet paper shortage. Have you seen the size of this thing that is stuck? So she did, the White House did talk about it a short time ago. I want to, um, this blockage in the Suez Canal. I want to uh, just play this. Assistance to Egyptian authorities to help reopen the canal. We are consulting with our Egyptian partners about how we can best support their efforts. Uh, so those conversations are ongoing and hopefully we'll have more to say about that soon. If you haven't seen the photos, I mean, the thing is enormous. And someone was saying, well, they need to back it up. Well, they, you know, they, it's, it's not that simple. You can't just, you can't just back it up. Uh, if, if only it were that simple. So, you know, that, I, I don't know, I don't know what they're going to do about that. Um, that is, um, I, I, if you've seen the size of that, I, they don't know. And there are all these boats that are backing, uh, being stuck, that can't go through because that one is um, taken through. You know, I someone just sent me an email. Hey, remember, Jim Acosta was always questioning President Trump. That is true. Um, and there were people that complained that Acosta made himself the story in the press briefing. That's why, listen, I like Peter Ducey. I think he does a good job. 
I think the story of yesterday was not the fact that Fox News couldn't get a question in. I don't think um, I don't think that that's the story. I think the story was how Biden was handling himself and or unable to handle himself. Now, let me also see this. Kyle Rove on Fox News says it's malarkey for Biden to be speaking out on Georgia while not criticizing his home state for having no excuse mail early voting. Folks, I, I want to also just remind people, when you're hearing about all of this um, that's going on regarding the situation with voting in other states, what should make you nervous is you're not hearing a lot of talk about it in our state. And there needs to be more talk about it in our state and, and what's happening with the voting um, in our state. Um, let me also know he only answered question to, well, all right, that's true. Yeah, but he has talked to him. He has talked to him. This, this whole thing, I don't want to argue about the P2C thing. Now, I, it's not that he's never taken a question. A question would be you don't answer the question in any way. Um, that, that's not what's been happening here. But I want to go back to Biden from yesterday. If you didn't hear it, I mean, that was, um, we carried it. Uh, even if, it, it, and there were some members of the media that we're trying to say, I think he did fine. How, how is that? How is that possible? Anyone that watched that, there, there's no way. The fact that he is president and commander in chief and leader of the free world. I mean, uh, that is just, um, I mean, it's really hard to, to fathom that, that he is. That is someone who, if this were a private company, you would say we need to start to make some changes. If this were, let's just say it was like a family business and you had, you know, the next either the son or daughter or someone else kind of waiting in the wings. You would, after seeing this, I think then people would say we need to start to get things into action. They cover the New York Post glazed and confused and he was. He absolutely was yesterday. Um, that was um, it, it's hard and, and again it's not so much that they were saying well Reagan used to have the cards but that was at the end of like the Reagan presidency not the beginning of the Reagan presidency. And as I mentioned earlier, there's a big difference between someone who you want to make sure you have the numbers right and you're quoting something and what we saw with President Biden yesterday, which was that to me, that is just someone who he is, he, and it's, and regardless of, I, I think it's, it should be regardless of your political belief. He was meandering. He was purposely trying to kill time. Um, end voting at five o'clock when working people are just getting off. He also work. wasn't fully deciding that there will be no absentee ballots under, under the most rigid circumstances. It's all designed, and I'm going to spend my time doing three things. One, trying to figure out how to pass the legislation passed by the House. Number one. Number two, educating the American public. The Republican voters I know find this despicable. Republican voters, the folks out in the outside this White House. I'm not talking about the, the elected officials. I'm talking about voters, voters. And so I'm convinced that we'll be able to stop this because it is the most pernicious thing. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. I mean, this is gigantic what they're trying to do, and it cannot be sustained. And do everything in my power, along with my friends in the House and the Senate, to keep that from uh, from becoming the law. Is there anything else you can do about it besides passing legislation? The answer is yes, but I'm not going to lay out a strategy in front of the whole world and you now. 
And then on a related note, have you decided whether you are going to run for re-election in 2024? You haven't set up a re-election campaign yet, as your predecessor had by this time. <laughs> My predecessor need to, needed to. <laughs> My predecessor. Oh, God, I miss it. Um, have you? Have you? No, an answer is yes. My plan is to run for re-election. That's my expectation. And then on, on, on one other note, on bipartisanship, your old friend, Mitch McConnell, says you have only spoken to each other once since you took office and that you have moved far left since taking office. Do you see it the same way he does? Have you rejected bipartisanship? No, I haven't at all. I've been meeting. When's the last time a president invited the opposite party down at least a half a dozen times to talk about issues, everything from how we work? Um, we're working with a group of 20 members of the Senate right now in the House on how we reestablish our ability to make computer chips and how we get ahead of the game, how we can work together. We're working together on a bunch of things. But look. I know Mitch well. Mitch knows me well. I would expect Mitch to say exactly what he said. But this is a matter of making sure that I would like Republican, elected Republican support. But what I know I have now is I have electoral support from Republican voters. Republican voters agree with what I'm doing. And so unless Mitch says the last thing I did is last piece of legislation is so far left, well, then he ought to take a look at his party. Over 50 percent of them must be over that edge as well because they support what I did. Uh, OK, um, where am I here? Let me see. That's what we're all wondering. Caitlin. Wow. Thank you very much, Mr. President. I have a question for you, but first, I'd like to follow up on a question from Yamish, and that's on the that filibuster. That counts as a question, but go ahead. Okay, I'll make it quick. It's a no, quick no, question. You uh, regarding the filibuster, at John Lewis's funeral, President Barack Obama said he believed the filibuster was a relic of the Jim Crow era. Do you agree? Yes. If not, why not abolish it if it's a relic of the Jim Crow era? Good question. Successful electoral politics is the art of the possible. What? Let's figure out how we can get this done and move in the direction of significantly changing the abuse of even the filibuster rule first. It's been abused from the time it came into being by an extreme way in the last 20 years. Let's deal with the abuse first. It sounds like you're moving closer to eliminating the filibuster. Is that correct? I answered your question. You also just made some news by saying that you are going to run for re-election. I said that is my expectation. So is that a yes, that you are running for re-election? Look, I'm, I, I don't know where you guys come from, man. I've never been able to travel. I'm a great respecter of fate. I've never been able to plan four and a half, three and a half years ahead for certain. And if you it, do, if you do run, will Vice President Harris be on your ticket? I would fully expect that to be the case. She's doing a great job. She's a great partner. She's a great partner. And do you believe you'll be running against former President Trump? Oh come on! I don't even think about. It. I don't. Have, I have no idea. I have no idea whether it'll be a Republican Party. Do you? I know you don't have to answer my question, but I mean, you know, do you? I mean, look, this is the way I view things. I become a great respecter of fate in my life. I set a goal of this that's in front of me to get things done for the people I care most about, which are hardworking, decent American people of getting really having it stuck to them. All right. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro. That was President Biden from yesterday. And uh, that was I. I admit that was a little odd, but the whole element of uh, I don't know if there will be a party and doesn't really answer the question, but that's just the way it's going to go. Now, you hear me talk about the queen of health and It's My Health. And on the line with us right now is our friend Marie from It's My Health, 1099 Mended Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Good afternoon, Marie. Hi, John. How are you? I am very well. Marie, I want to thank you. I get the nicest emails from people that say that they've driven past 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland all these years. They never stopped in. They finally popped in. I received the nicest email from a couple where you helped them pick 
the right teas for them. You also helped, I guess her husband's had some shoulder problems and you helped him with some uh, topical use from a hemp CBD product. So keep up the customer service. That's what you are known for. It is just second to none. You can't get that online and you can't get that in a big box store. That is exactly right. That's that's where we, you know, we feel like, you know, that's what we're here for is to help, to answer questions, to sort through all the craziness. Now, also, I received a note from, this is from Linda, who's a grandmother, and says that you helped her pick out some children vitamins for her grandchildren. Could you touch on that? A lot of people don't realize that at It's My Health 1099 Men and Cumberland that you have a great selection on vitamins for children. Yep, we have vitamins for, for babies, we have vitamins for children, probiotics, um, immune supporting products, elderberry, um, vitamin D, vitamin C. We've got, you know, a bunch of different, even for babies, um, earache things, uh, tummy ache. We've got topicals, too. Um, they have a really cool homeopathic one called Bumps and Bruises that, you know, it looks like a little creature. But um, if they get a little boo-boo, they can, they can rub that on. And, uh, and, you know, it's great for the kids. Great for the kids, and it's great to get them started early um, knowing, you know, good things to take. Now, Marie, also, I received an email from Susan that said she stopped in, and she had no idea that you carried local honey and maple syrup and she picked it up and it was it was like according to her it was the best honey she's ever had in the maple syrup that she got at it's my health 1099 men road in cumberland they had the most delicious pancakes and she had no idea you had local products like that oh yeah we're always on the lookout for local companies that are making really good products that we can add in to to our selection because we like to support our, our local people. There are a lot of very smart people who are in this area. Folks, again, it's Marie. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. And Marie, one more time. Uh, so many people talk about the different herbs, teas and spices that you have that can add into some of the, the dishes they already have. And you've also, you had told me about how mushrooms are a great element. They're good for you, and they're delicious when you sprinkle them in with some cooking. Oh, absolutely. We have powdered um, mushrooms um, from Host Defense. Paul Stimitz is the mushroom guru of the world. Wow. And we carry, we carry his, his mushroom products, great for the immune system, great for mind, great for stress. There are different ones that do different things and there are combinations as well. So yeah, you can take them just as a supplement. You can use them by sprinkling them because we do have them in powder, but we have them in capsules too. Even if you don't like the taste of mushrooms, you can you can easily incorporate them into your diet. Folks, it's It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Marie, what are your hours for today and for tomorrow? We're here till 5.30 today and on Saturday from 9 to 4. All right. Well, keep up what you're doing. You're tremendous service. People love it. You're keeping people healthy. And we'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. Take care. All right, folks. There it is, our friend Marie. It's my health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Well, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, remember, you can always listen online at the website, depetro.com And at the website... Remember, I highly encourage you to stop in. You can link right through. We have different sponsors and supporters at the website, such as Surplus Provisions, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston, that unique store. You can't find this stuff anywhere else locally. Body armor, ammo, pepper spray, food storage, Surplus Provisions. Look for them on Facebook. It's Tanya and Frank, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston. They're in a mile and a half from Garden City. They have bug out bags. They have backpacks. It's also friendly for women to shop there. And again, pepper spray all sizes. Stop it and see them. Surplus provisions, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston. Now, I received a request from Kyle if I could play again some of the audio from that uh, wild press conference regarding what happened the um, this morning with the the uh, the the shooting. Um, where they they had someone that stole a police cruiser. 
an individual stole a police cruiser. Earlier this morning, it started and it, it uh, set off a chain of events right over in uh, Massachusetts. I do have that armed suspect dead following the police chase. So let me play and I'll just kind of skip into it a little bit where they get into um, some of the details of exactly with what happened with it. With the, uh, the train state police negotiation team who had also arrived on the scene at that time. The local police assets, including the state police stop team, were deployed during this negotiation process. During the verbal negotiations, the police observed the suspect in control of a police patrol rifle. Despite the numerous requests to surrender, the suspect started to come out of the passenger door armed with a patrol rifle. The state police stop team member discharged his weapon and shot the suspect. The state police stop team medics were also on scene at that time, and they rendered immediate medical assistance to the suspect, as well as ambulance services were provided by Brewster Ambulance, the carrier here in the city. They were also on scene, and the suspect was transported immediately to the Boston Medical Center, where he was pronounced dead at 10.15 a.m. Um, we take some brief comments, but we still have a lot of work to do, so we may not be able to answer all your questions. Yeah, so. This suspect, can you name the suspect? Or are you we, 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 uh, we have not had the opportunity to notify the family. We know who he is, and uh, right now I'm just prepared to tell you he's 36-year-old and he's a white male. Did he point that weapon at state police when he got on the, on I, the cruise? I, I'm, not, I'm not going to, uh, to get into that, that, that uh, at this time. There's still gathering statements and doing work. That's what uh, what I know, and that's what I have been told, and they're going to continue to gather more information. Do you see anything here that says that the whoever uh, was involved in this police involved shooting did not act the way that he or she is trained? Uh, it's, let me start again. It is, it is unfortunate that anybody gets shot by anyone, and, and uh, the last thing that I think a police officer wants to do... I want to... Um, can we back it up? So I want to just... Folks, I want to back it up just a little bit from the beginning where he goes into exactly... Uh, this started as a robbery at a 7-Eleven, and then it ends up with a stolen cruiser. Here we go. Sure. Okay. Yeah, well, I was trying to give you my best side, so All right. I thought so. Folks, here we go. This right, is so uh, this was early this morning. Uh, I, I would tell you that at approximately 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock. a 36-year-old white male entered a Rockland 7-Eleven. Rockland 7-Eleven. with a reported handgun with, a, with an intent to rob the, the uh, premises, so and he made off with an undetermined amount of cash. Trying to, he robs the 7-Eleven. Uh, Rockland police were notified. They immediately be, began a search and a chase, yep. both on foot and in an auto, to try to apprehend the suspect. So they get out of the car. The suspect was able to uh, to enter a Rockland police cruiser. Jumps into the cruiser. At the scene. Takes off. To his Weymouth and Abington, huh. and made his way onto Route 18. Now, during that chase, the suspect struck a number of police cruisers of local departments. That are trying to stop them. Shortly after 7 o'clock, the state police were notified and identified a vehicle on Route 3 North. They joined the pursuit. The suspect in the Rockland police vehicle entered the Bergen Parkway exit at the ramp at 7.22 a.m. and came to a stop on the ramp near the train station entering Quincy. The state police arrived. Uh, including the state police Bearcat, which fortuitously happened to be in the area at the time. The Bearcat was there. The local police and other departments that had joined were also there at the ramp. And, and the Bearcat was able to come up next to the vehicle and try to engage the individual uh, in an attempt to um, to stop the chase. And folks had the Bearcat out. To check on the suspect's well-being. After one hour, it appears that the suspect was able to start the vehicle and he headed down. Bergen Parkway. Oh, again. Police had employed stop sticks on Bergen Parkway and brought help bring the car to a slow stop right near BJ's gas station, which a number of you have seen. <laughs> the uh, the beer cat was used to bring the car to a stop. Wow. And when, when that was, and you saw the evidence of the collision with the beer cat, the Quincy Police beer cat then came upon the scene and they penned the vehicle in at that time. The suspect was still in the car. Now, negotiations continued again. And this time, with a, uh, the trained state police negotiation team who had also arrived on the scene at that time. The local police assets, including the state police stop team, were deployed during this negotiation process. During the verbal negotiations, the police observed the suspect in control of a police patrol rifle. Despite the numerous requests to surrender, the suspect started to come out of the passenger door armed with a patrol rifle. Wow. The state police stop team member discharged his weapon and shot the suspect. Oh, one shot. The state police stop scene medics were also on scene at that time, 
and they rendered immediate medical assistance to the suspect, as well as ambulance services were provided by Brewster Ambulance that carry here in the city. They were also on scene, and the suspect was transported immediately to the Boston Medical Center, where he was pronounced dead at 10.15 a.m. All right, so that was um, earlier. What a wild turn of events, folks. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro. So, you know, I mean, you steal a police cruiser. You then won't get out. They they deploy the beer cat. You you this goes on. Do you hear how long that went on for? And then you know, they're still telling you to surrender. And then you get out and you have the police rifle there. Armed robbery suspect literally shot cruiser uh, stole cruiser shot, killed in confrontation with police. Well, What were they supposed to do? You know, I'm already getting email that there may be a protest about this. He and, and, you know, he he's white, by the way. But the the man suspected armed robbery, the Rockland convenience store, theft of a marked Rockland police cruiser pursued into Quincy Friday morning. He shot and killed confrontation, heavily armed police who trapped the stolen SUV between two armored cars. Well, what what were they supposed to do? Let him take off again with the rifle? These questions of, and the police also deployed the stop sticks, which punctures the tires of the cars on Bergen Parkway. The man drove over the sticks, shredding the tires. He continued to drive the vehicle to the police trapped the stolen SUV between two armored vehicles near Bergen Parkway and Quincy Streets. So they kept trying to negotiate with him, but... I mean, what, what, I, I repeat, that's why they had to move in with the Bearcat. One officer uh, was rushed to the hospital. He crashed his vehicle, lost control of it. But I, they, this guy had every opportunity to surrender. And when, when you take off in a police cruiser and then you have the police rifle, and then you still won't sur- what what on earth are they supposed to do at that point? I mean, so anyone that is criticizing law enforcement on this one, I mean, you've got to be kidding me. That guy had every opportunity to surrender and just refused. I think it's I think it's very good police work. Um, and again, folks, another example of police on the line of fire. That's why, you know, I backed the blue. It's John DePietro on this Friday at 158. I want to remind you about Brothers Disposal. Come on, brother, call Brothers Disposal today. They're offering weekly trash collection services, 401-688-0517. Call for an estimate, Brothers Disposal, and get a purple dumpster for your driveway at Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517, 401-688-0517, Brothers Disposal. Or if you're doing... Some spring cleaning, you want to clean out your basement or your attic or the garage. It's so easy if you get a dumpster in the driveway. Call Roland. Come on, brother. Call Brother Roland at Brother's Disposal, 401-688-0517, 401-688-0517 for Brother's Disposal. Folks, it's John DePietro on this Friday. And also, just a quick reminder, if you're going to be doing any grilling, you want to fill those propane tanks, stop and see Phil Johnson at Johnson Propane. 904 Manson Avenue, Providence. He's open seven days a week. Propane tanks and supplies. Call Phil. He's been there since 1971. The legend. 621-8129. He's in front of the stop and shop next to the Wendy's. It's Johnson Propane. Well, folks, it's John DePietro. No, coming up, you're going to hear the 2 o'clock news and then the John Dion program. By the way, I hope John continues to feel better. I want to thank the great Jeff Gamach. Folks who couldn't do the show without him, who's also been filling in on the Dion program. It's John DePietro. Listen, enjoy this Friday. Enjoy this weekend. We're back Monday at 11. Remember, look for me on Facebook Live. Find the page, John DePietro Show. Go to the website. Depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, where you can contact me there and also support many of our supporters and read our stories. So stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. Enjoy this Friday. WNRI Winsocket, W236CW, W260DC. WNRI.